860 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Thanks for joining us here this morning as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, boy, we got a potpourri of sports here today. We're going to be all over the map. Uh, as we are on the precipice of all the conference, ter- well, some of them are underway, but we will uh, ramp up our coverage as the week goes on. Uh, today, however, we're going to bounce around the world of sports. Frank Schwab covers the NFL for YahooSports.com. A lot of topics. We haven't really done an NFL segment in a while, uh, so we will catch up with Frank Schwab, the latest on free agency, which starts next week, uh, the collective bargaining, etc., that is before the players uh, and some of the uh, big names that are out there that may or may not be getting set to sign uh, their offers from their respective teams. Shelby Mast at 1045. He'll go over the brackets with Trent and I. Bracketwag.com is where you can find Shelby. His bracket is updated each and every day. Yeah, by about 6 a.m. at the very latest hour time. Uh, he's got last night's uh, games and factored in, and he's got his latest bracket up uh, every morning by 6 a.m. Bracketwag.com, he's Gannett's Bracketologist. Over to baseball at 11 o'clock with Mark Simon. He's an analytical guy. A uh, fascinating conversation if you're into analytics, or even if you're not, in which I still am slow to come around like a lot of you but I do learn when I speak with Mark Simon seemingly uh, something every single time. Hopefully this one will be no different. He will join us at 11 and then Zubin Mahente. Speaking of uh, trips around the world of sports we do that with Zubin on a weekly basis. Not a lot of games to cover from last night. The West Coast Conference was good. Both entertaining basketball games. I think we have the matchup the most wanted to see tonight but um what else happened? Marshall Yanda yes. walking away from uh, the NFL and doing so on on his terms and at the absolute pinnacle uh, of his performance. Maybe maybe you know, better a couple. Look, he's in the Pro Bowl for crying out loud. Yes. Uh, what a, a career! It really was not an All Pro season to finish up, but still incredibly. Yeah, two of them over his career though. And uh, now the question becomes, and it's still down the road, but. Is he a Hall, Hall of Famer? Trent, there's no doubt. Look, at if, if, if he doesn't make it into the Hall of Fame, um, then something is wrong with the voters. And, you know, because he's had a Hall of Fame career, you look at what he has done. My God, all the Pro Bowls. Um, the all uh, the the all pro status that mm-hmm. he earned, which is of course above and beyond Pro Bowl recognition. He was on that twice. Won a Super Bowl. Uh, kind of checks all the marks. No, he really does. And and you know, an eight time Pro Bowler for crying out loud at guard. And I know that we don't. You know, he's not a skill guy, right? Mm-hmm. So you maybe not watch him as closely, but anybody who follows the game of football will tell you this guy was the absolute best at his position during the time that he played. Um, and if you dominate your position, you're getting into the Hall of Fame. And I wouldn't be shocked if he gets in at first op- at first opportunity. Yeah, and you, looking ahead and what that class is going to be, that's certainly going to be a piece of mm-hmm. it and how that plays out. But you're absolutely right. It was a decade, and and really it kind of works out very well. You know, for a guy that your career goes from the middle of a decade to another. Yeah. But because like, he was the best guard. 2007 draft. Yeah, of the 2010s. Uh-huh. The best guard of 
a full decade and just the way the numbers work out, I think that's also a leg up for him. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't play out that way, but people like to take those decades and have it start mm-hmm. with a zero at the end and end with a nine, okay. and during that run, nobody was, was at the top. Nope, nobody that's going better. to help him. I first noticed him, as I think most of the state of Iowa did, when he defeated Rashawn Parker <laughs> yes. uh, at Kinnick Stadium in the Cyhawk game in 2006. A play today that he would have been ejected? Oh, he certainly would have drawn a foul. Um, I think he might have been ejected. I wonder, A defenseless right? guy like yeah. that. He blindsided. Him. I think he's Look, gone. It's not, wasn't his fault. It was perfectly. Right. Yeah, it, it was, was legal. Right. It wasn't like he, you know, he got him from behind or got him from the side. He got him square in the chops, and just depleted him for crying out loud. That's a yeah. That's a great point. Would that penalty would warrant ejection? Man, I hope not. That was a football play back then, but maybe in today's game trend, fair point. Um, maybe they look at it differently. I think they would have. It really. So he comes from community college and yeah. he gets to the University of Iowa and kept going back and still lives in Iowa in the off season. Were you aware of that? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, he lives in Marion apparently. Okay. I guess, and he's got a whole bunch of kids, two or three kids, him and his wife, and I have no idea what he's going to do. I mean. Playing that long and at that level, you don't have to do anything if you don't want. If you've invested your money and not wasted it, and I would assume that um, you know he's pretty that he's uh, pretty well off for the rest of his uh, rest of his life. So good for him! Unbelievable career that's come to an end, and the Ravens will miss him. Yes, they were, and and I've seen plenty on Twitter and the like. Plenty of Ravens fans that say, "Don't you got another year? Come on, you, no, you, you can it. put another one in there." Yeah. To help us out just a because little bit. Because the decline, it was invisible to anybody yeah. at this point. You know, good for him. He's mm-hmm. going out on top. He's leaving instead of being told that, you know, you're not the same guy. We want to cut your pay or we're going to go with this kid and, you know, good luck at your next destiny. He's a raven from start to finish. You can't say that about guys that play, you know, double digits. In his, his case, 13 years. Very few. Career earnings, just a shade over $70 million. He's fine. <laughs> He's that, fine. That goes a long ways in Marion. You would think, right? I've never lived in Marion, but I'm going to guess he's going to be. I don't know if I've ever okay. been through Marion. Oh, it's it's a very nice community. I'm sure it is. There's a whole bunch of them scattered across the fine state uh, of Iowa. So hell of a career. The Ravens are going to miss him, but uh, I wonder if he's got because I know he still shows up and during the off season he works out. Uh, you know, with Doyle and the crew, he mm-hmm. works out at the University of. I'm not saying he does it full time, but he's he's over there. We see. Some Twitter and uh, some recognition that he spent some time uh, with the Hawks. I wonder if there's anything like that in his future. If Maybe high get, school. Mm-hmm. See a lot of that, guys that get into it, want to stay part of the game and, and go mm-hmm. in that fashion, be an offensive line coach, be an offensive coordinator, whatever it may be. Just yeah. a volunteer coach mm-hmm. on his son's high school team or the high school in Marion. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to do, but good for him, man. Good for him. Going out on top. You go, uh, you look around Iowa City and kind of the corridor there with Cedar Rapids, Clear Creek, man, I think they got like seven assistant coaches that have University of Iowa football ties. Yeah. Iowa City, Regina, yeah. the, the Iowa City West and Liberty and High. All those schools have those guys that, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. There he is as an assistant coach, maybe a wide receiver coach, whatever it is, Ed Hinkle. Mm-hmm. He coaches over there. Just a number of those well, Roosevelt players. in our backyard's got yeah. a, a bushel of them for Coach Moore and stuff. So he's brought some of uh, his former guys in. So good for Marshall Yanda uh, back in Iowa and will remains to be seen what uh, what's next for him. But we do know there will be a knock on the hotel room door at <laughs> some point. Um, and he'll actually have to look up to the guy knocking on the hotel room, which is crazy to think, right? Yeah. The uh, curators, is that what they call him at the Hall of Fame? 
Six foot nine, four hundred pounds, the dude that knocks on the door and gives you the word that you've made your way into the Hall of Fame. All right, so Trent, we've got, uh, and we're off tomorrow. Well, you're, uh, you're working. You've got high school basketball down mm-hmm. at Wells Fargo. So let's refresh everyone's memories. Will our coverage will actually start tonight with the late game, right? Barnstormer yes. Weekly is on tonight. Correct. Yes. Uh, so that, that's the first episode. Their home opener is, what, about four weeks away, I think think mm-hmm. uh early april is when they open at home so barnstormer weekly and then right into you is that how it's uh, the, the plan works yes uh tonight eight fifteen will be tip off with ankeny centennial the number one seed against davenport north so we'll bring that game to you this evening uh eight o'clock we'll take the air with the pregame show eight fifteen with the tip off with the jags against davenport north coverage continues then tomorrow morning ten thirty. it'll be ankeny high how about both Ankeny schools? That's great. Getting into them. the tournament. Yep. Really cool to see. They get Iowa City West in their first game. Uh, the second quarterfinal then tomorrow will be Dowling Catholic, the number 7 seed against second-seeded Cedar Falls. We'll bring both of those matchups to you play-by-play starting at 10.30 tomorrow. I'll take the air right at 10 o'clock, though, a little pregame okay. for you to get things started. Thursday night is the semifinals in Class 4A, and then the championship on Friday night, 8.35 tip-off for that one. If there is a local team, right? If That's the caveat. local is gotcha. in there. Um, I would be surprised if there's not. With mm-hmm. four teams in there, now certainly it looks like the top half of the bracket with top-seeded Centennial, with four-seeded Waukee, would be the stronger possibility of having somebody there. But I wouldn't put it past Dowling Catholic. I wouldn't put it past Ankeny. That Ankeny squad and what they've done. And really interesting, Ankeny this year. Did you have Ankeny versus Ankeny this year? I didn't. It was initially on the schedule, and something popped up. Maybe it was a weather. I can't remember what it was. But it was on the schedule. I didn't get to see Centennial until... The regional game, uh, the sub-state game against Roosevelt, so because of some cancellations this year. But a really interesting story. As I mentioned, both those schools getting to the state tournament this year, but they also had a transfer. Kid that went from Ankeny High to Ankeny Centennial and Cruz, <laughs> and it helped both squads. Now, Ankeny, the way they played, they had two guys that were real ball dominant and just mm-hmm. didn't mix exactly well. Well, Cruz decides to go to Centennial. He's their second-leading scorer. He's incredibly good. He was good at Ankeny High. But now both teams are at the tournament with that happening. Awesome to see. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Good to see. Um, well, as an Ankeny resident, maybe mm-hmm. a little more so for uh, for me. All right, so uh, that's coming up uh, through the remainder of the week. And Thursday and Friday, do the Wild and the Wolves cooperate? Are they playing? Yes, yeah, they're, they're nice. all good. Yeah, they good. decided to, to make it easy on me this week. And a big thank you to them, the way the schedule is set up. Also on Friday, Iowa State women's basketball. Yes, early in the morning, 11 a.m., 11 a.m. Right? tip-off, so we'll be off early on Friday. We'll uh, move a few things around. In fact, I think you mentioned maybe doing Claxon's early this week so people that have their number on the dial at about eleven forty each right. and every friday that's not gonna help set. you out yeah. i'd have to go up uh, a day early to get that claxons in here on thursday all right we yeah well you got to figure something out because we're gonna have to preview um illinois iowa oh you think so yes yeah, so I, I, I i do not i think we're gonna come in here we're going we're to be talking about the hawks yep. and what kind of seed they're gonna be and we'll see them on next thursday we'll bemoan friday. another loss in the big 10 tournament yeah, the gophers will get there, them Trent. It's not happen there. All right. I think the, I think, this team's different is what you believe. Look, I, the, the Gophers are a good team, too. They are. Yes. I like this Gophers team, and on any given night, they can uh, they can absolutely 
Look, they had Iowa beat with the exception of the final five minutes. Mm-hmm. And good for the what was that game? It was low scoring in the fifties, right? If memory yeah. serves, I think it was in the fifty four. I don't know. Anyways, um, so but that's what we'll be doing. We'll be previewing Illinois and Iowa, and I get the last word. There you go um, uh, on Friday morning, and then we'll make way for Iowa State women's basketball. Uh, their pregame will get underway at ten thirty, and uh, the game itself will air at. 11. So did you watch any West Coast Conference last night? I saw the early game. Uh-huh. Uh, the Zags were playing. I was into, boy, you, you, UCF, they're pretty good. San Francisco's a good basketball team. They are. They're well, at least they were last night. And they've been solid this year. They're certainly the fourth team out of the WCC after BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's. But they're a really interesting squad. So their coach has decided to go completely in with analytics. And you will see them Late in games with a seven-point lead. And if a team's in a one-and-one, we're going to follow you. We're going to put you on the line. We're not even going to give you a chance to shoot a three and try to get back in it. Last couple of minutes. They do a lot of things a lot differently. Some things that you see in the NBA. I like that, Trent. I like that. Make him make his first free throw. Absolutely. One-and-one and and somebody touches the ball that's not a good free throw shooter. Uh Get him. Instead of letting them run their offense, no. We're going to put you on the line. We're going to see how you do in that one. And there's other components that what San Francisco does. I'm hopeful that we can see this team... Take a step forward. I mean, a program with great history. Bill Russell. Beat yeah. I win the national championship right. game in the 1950s. Back-to-back national championships, but it was a long time ago. Not many people remember mm-hmm. Bill Russell playing at San Francisco. And still, cool place. I've seen a couple of their late-night games in the WCC. Cool building. Cool city. You'd think that'd be a place yeah, where you, you can really win would, at right? a pretty I'm good level. Yeah, I'm with you. You got to be able to recruit well. You got to be able to find those right connections. Gonzaga's obviously done that. And, and how about the Zags? Twenty-three straight it's finals. It's it's ridiculous what they're it's doing. It's unthinkable. It is. They've completely dominated that conference. And if you need any further evidence, this will be the twenty-third straight year, as Trent just mentioned, that they're playing for the championship of their conference. It's it's nuts. You uh, about a month ago came in here. I did, and I got up on my soapbox and I said, uh, you know what? It's we, over. Yeah, we don't need to dig into this any further. I'm here to tell you uh, that the Bulldogs of Gonzaga will win. The national championship. Yes. Since then? Don't feel as quite as good about it. Trent, I thought for a while last night they were going to get beat. I was right there with you. I thought this team's going down, but boy, oh boy, they got some dudes, don't they? That uh, they're Petrusov, so deep. Tilly, yes, and, and so big, too. Mm-hmm. Timmy and Wildridge and Kispert really played well last night. He didn't score a bunch, but I, he did a whole bunch of other things in the basketball game. So uh, that's tonight. The final goes tonight. So we've got Big 12 and Big 10 brackets in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know, you said yesterday that uh, that Kansas is a is plus money. It's plus uh, one ten. At least it was yesterday. Is it still there? It is at least as of last night because I well I saw as we were writing our script for our TV show. You can mm-hmm. see that on MediaCom MC twenty two. And I saw you had your bet for this week mm-hmm. on the Jayhawks. And I hate betting short prices. They're plus one ten. Now I looked also on the William Hill app, who uh-huh. also has these odds on William Hill, the Jayhawks to win the conference tournament. Minus 150. Minus 150. Minus 150. That's a big discrepancy. That's huge. So I said, So right. where did you get the plus 110? That was at DraftKings. So See, the folks, dra- I'm telling you, it pays to shop around oh, here. Oh, that is huge. That's incredible. That's 60 cents. Another huge 60 one. 60 bucks. In the two different ones in the uh, Big Ten. Illinois, I got them at 14 to 1. They're still there on the DraftKings app. Mm-hmm. On William Hill, they're 8 to 1. That's nuts. 8 to 1 versus 14 to 1. 
we, <laughs> I know I'm not making money at this. Long term, this is not something that is a money-making right. endeavor. But you're looking to build that bankroll up. You're trying to do things. You have to find prices. When you're in your state and you've got this big discrepancy in prices, it pays to open your account. Make that drive up to Jefferson. It's incredibly mm-hmm. easy. I did it two weeks ago. It is easy to do. You go up there. You open your account. You're set. Go to Prairie. Open an account there. If you're in Iowa City, eh, stop off and, and open one up at Riverside. Being able to shop around, build those prices, not just individual games, but if you like to play the futures like I do, those kind of costs are huge. Even Wisconsin, they're four to one at William Hill. They're still ten to one. Jeez, on on the sports uh, on the DraftKings app on uh, with Wild Rose, it's just the difference that that's, you're going to find. Well, you never see it that no. big, though. You you might. I was thinking more of four to one, five to one, sure, right, something like that. But that big of a difference, fourteen to one or eight to one, duh. You know, if I'm going to bet Illinois, I'll take the 14 to 1. Thank you very much. Another fun thing that DraftKings has is uh, something we talked about. I think Riverside also had this. Not odds to win the national championship, but odds to get yes. to the final four. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to take the favorite, the Kansas Jayhawks, minus 200. Minus to the, 200 to get to the final four. Great. No, it's not worth it. That doesn't seem nope. like it. But I mentioned Illinois is 14 to 1 to win the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. What are they to get to the final four? 8 to 1. Does that make a lick of sense? What's more likely? They win three games in three days, or they win four games over two weeks and get to the Final Four? I I think it's the Big Ten Tournament. Yeah, I do too. I don't think it's close. Yeah, I'm with you. But the price doesn't say that. uh, It's fun to play around with these futures that are out there. And two weeks with the DraftKings app, they have a ton of them. And they get them up early, and that's the thing that I really like. So if you had to recommend one of the two, are you paid to do this, by the way? I, yes, I, I have an well, advertisement. Glad I, yes. I'm glad I asked that question. I, but I don't think it's close. If you weren't paid to endorse. Uh, yes, it would absolutely. It would be not close. It would so still it, be DraftKings. The answer is the same both yes, ways. But it full is. disclosure, you do. Um, DraftKings does help you out a little bit. Yes. Well, look, at you're, you're an honest dude. You're an honest dude. If you didn't think so, you'd, you'd uh, answer <laughs> right. a different question. <laughs> it's a lot smoother. Uh-huh. It's a lot quicker. And you can you can withdraw funds without having to go back to the property on the DraftKings app. Correct? That's nice. goes right back in there. Right. I, I have not been able to uh, do that quite yet. i got to build that bankroll <laughs> a little bit further. You'll take my word for I'll it? I'll take your word for that one. Well, here's the good news. Make it a little bit easier. Here's the good news for everybody. Soon you're not going to have to get in the car and drive anywhere. January, January 1st. January 1. You can sign up for any one of the sports wagering companies, points bet. What else is in the state? Um, that's yeah. That, I think what's that's, over in, in Council Bluffs? There's a couple of others that are over. In I Council. can't remember. Is what MGM it is. over there, or uh, well, anyways, there, I think there's four or five different companies mm-hmm. that have made their way uh, into the state, and soon you won't have to make that drive anywhere. You'll be able to wherever you want to do it from. Uh, fill out and deposit right on your phone or your device. From the comfort of your home or from your office cubicle or wherever you may be. All right, Frank Schwab's coming up. We said we're all over the place here today. We're going to do MLB. We're going to do college basketball. We're going to do uh, NFL. And we're going to talk a whole bunch of things with Zubin Mahente. The, The NFL, Trent, they've backed everything up, this collective bargaining agreement. They've now pushed the deadline back. The league, the league season, the the new year of the league, which means you know tampering, full fledged tampering, signing free agents, tagging everybody, those type of things, is a week from tomorrow. So this is kind of the calm. If there ever is something in the NFL, the calm before the storm. Seemingly the first week of July and this week leading up to everything before the curtain going up may be that. But we're going to talk to Frank Schwab, and I look forward to it. I do too. Uh, going to be an intriguing off season as we just sit here and wait. Is it just Tom Brady? 
That's all no, we're waiting. No, I don't think so. I think the well, yeah, it's a huge. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's that's the number one. Uh, but there's there, there's so many quarterbacks dominoes to fall. But are, is everybody waiting for the Brady? Decision? No, I hope not, Trent, because I don't think the Bears are getting Tom Brady. No. If they're gonna if they're gonna get another quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, proact instead of react. Uh, our our buddy Jeff Hughes at the Bears blog, um, he's he's got a list of um, his. I don't know if it's his preferences or most likely to happen, most likely to play quarterback in Chicago. Mitchell Trubisky's way down his list, and I know he's not a fan. Mm-hmm. But to be fair to him, he certainly was prior to this year. No, no doubt. Yeah, I, and him and I were on the same page, and we were always you know ganging up on you. <laughs> right? Why don't you see this, Condon? Well. And then I watched the 2020 season. I said, see, told you. Yeah, you're right. It's not very good. And I came in and I said, you know what, Trent, you're right. Hey, Andy Dalton does not. No, he's not the guy. That, no. Uh, I, I just don't think there's anybody out well, there. Well, he wants Carr. He thinks Carr is the most likely. Now, if that's what would assuming. It cost? Well, it depends. If, if they've got Tom Brady, then, then it's a seller's market. Right. Or a buyer's market, rather, because um, you know they won't be able to sell high, I wouldn't think. Just like Cincinnati, they know that they're going to have a new quarterback there, Andy and they Dalton, have no leverage. No, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. They're going to run him out of town. But like if, if you get a fourth rounder and you get Andy Dalton, okay, fine. I'm not even sure he's worth a fourth rounder. Very well could be true. All right, we'll get into the quarterbacks. We'll get into the NFL. Looking forward to doing this. Haven't done an NFL segment since the it's been weeks, uh, but we're about to be college basketball crazy here for the next couple of weeks and. I'm certainly not complaining about that, and I don't think Trent is either. Not Frank Schwab, then uh, Shelby Mass, bracketwag.com. Look forward to Shelby Mass at 1045. Mark Simon, baseball analytics at 11. And then uh, Zuba Mahente at about 1125 as we go around the world of sports. We take you until noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 106.3.com. Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Two of our favorite topics collide with our next guest because Frank Schwab is more now, Trent, as you know, than just NFL. He also does the sports wagering at Yahoo. Huh? Yahoo oh. and BetMGM. Uh, they've uh, formed a partnership, and Frank Schwab seems to be writing more and more about sports wagering. Frank, Trent, Ken, and Des Moines, thanks for coming on. That seems to have fallen on your plate, and I'm enjoying what you're putting out. In fact, I read your uh, piece yesterday when uh, I lined you up about March Madness and picking some of the best for the tournaments, the conference tournaments that are underway. Uh, sports wagering is now part of your uh, I guess uh, itinerary over uh, your job description over at Yahoo. Yeah, it's uh, a fun deal. I've uh, been, you know I've been involved in that world for a while, so it's, it makes sense for me to write about it. I'll be heading out to Vegas on Sunday, do some March Madness uh, reporting and writing for uh, Yahoo. So hey, you know it's it, it, it's it's just taking off. It's great. Yeah. It's I, I you know I mean. You know, I remember, you know, nobody talked about sports gambling even, well, what, five, ten years ago. And now it's like, it's just so mainstream. Every, you know, 20 states have it legal. It's just a, a, a different world. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, 21 states, I think, now is the is the number 21 uh, and growing. Frank, have you been to Vegas for uh, the opening, well, specifically Thursday and Friday? The whole weekend's good, but Thursday, Friday's a different level. Have you ever participated as just uh, you know, a guy going out to Vegas and cutting loose for a few days? 
Oh, yeah, this is uh, my 20th straight year doing it, actually. I didn't realize that. Event. Wow. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. it's uh, the, only, the only bummer for me is when it uh, coincides with the start of NFL Free Agency, wow. which it's doing this year. All right. So, <laughs> going to be a, quite a busy week. But, yeah, that's, that, you know, people talk about that and say, oh, it's a bucket list item to go. You know, you need to go to Vegas for the first weekend of March Madness. It's, it's uh, 100% true. It is. If you are a sports fan, if you're a sports gambling fan, if you like the tournament at all, if you like Vegas at all, it is the perfect, <laughs> uh, the perfect four days. It is unbelievable out there. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports joining us. Frank, well, let's uh, throw these things together that you write about at Yahoo. What are the odds Tom Brady back in a Patriots uniform? You're the booker now. You're, you're going to be the guy setting this line here. What kind of odds are you going to put that Tom Brady is back in 2020 wearing a New England Patriot uniform? You know, and I, I at this point, I, I, I I can't put it at much higher than fifty percent, right? Mm. Like I it's just, I just keep thinking if this thing was going to get done, it would have got done. And like, what? There's no hold up here. It's not like uh, we're talking about Tom Brady. We're, <laughs> you know, I, I just what what would be the the reason for a delay here, other than you know my kind of my conspiracy theories get going, and I wonder. If the Patriots just are hoping somebody gives them a big offer and they can get out of this, it's mm. it just seems to me like New England is ready to, to kind of move on. That they saw the slippage in Brady's play last year. That they kind of know that forty three years old is is far far beyond any age in which any quarterback has had any success. I know Tom Brady's an outlier; he's the greatest of all time. But it just seems like. The Patriots don't know how to get out of this relationship, and and you know I know the Patriots have this this you know cold blooded they'll cut anybody whatever. Boy, this is different. This is Tom Brady, and I just don't. It just again I'm reading between a lot of lines. There's just a lot of time to think and talk about this whole situation, but it just seems to me like the New England Patriots don't know how to end this thing, and the best way for them might to just be say, oh hey, the Raiders offered them 45 million a year. What can we do? And and then you know you can kind of pitch to your fans that way. It's not going to be easy, regardless. But I just get the feeling like if they really wanted him back, you would it would have been done already. And it's just so we get to this point where you know we're sitting here a week away from free agency, and I can't. I still think at the end of the day, if I had to pick a team, it'd be the Patriots, just because it's so weird to think about him playing anywhere else. But at this point, I can't. Like I said, I can't put it better than fifty percent. Yeah, he's certainly getting lobbied hard from uh, folks in Vegas, folks in Los Angeles, whether, you know, the Chargers have an interest. I know he just put a whole bunch of money in a movie production company out there. Maybe that's for later once the NFL is over, but we shall see. So let's do the trickle down, Frank, and specifically one of the teams in our backyard who I guess uh, the Bears, uh, certainly their fan base have moved on from Mitchell Trubisky. It remains to be seen uh, if the Bears have. Uh, what uh, what do you think the likelihood is that there's a new quarterback in Chicago and that they move very quickly to identify that once the tampering period gets underway next week? What about the Bears? I think it's it's very likely it'll be Trubisky with somebody backing him up that, that can maybe take his job, uh, a Mariota-Tannehill situation. Ironically, maybe it's Mariota as the backup. Uh, I, I just... Who you know? Who are the Bears really going to get? Uh, it's it's one of these things where we talk about 
you know, I, oh, they they need to move on from Mr. Trubisky. And I always ask the question, okay, that's fine. You want to cut Mr. Trubisky today? That's great. Who's your starting quarterback in opening day? <laughs> right. And it, it's tough to answer that question. The Bears are in a situation where they're they're going to be able to draft one of the top guys. They're the free agency market is not going to be as good as everybody thinks it is. I, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is moving anywhere. Entertainment Winston is just the the next guy they complain about. It's it's there's no easy answer. There's no you know you're not going to get Deshaun Watson in free agency. It just doesn't happen that way. So you know it, it's great to to dump all over Mitch Trubisky and want somebody else and and, and you know oh you got to be out of here and they need to upgrade. Okay, that that that. Good. That's good. Now let's do the second part of that problem solving and tell me who the Bears' next quarterback is. It is just not easy to answer that question. So I do think that Trubisky gets another shot, and they just you know they bring in somebody again like a Mariota who can kind of maybe be there if Trubisky the bottom falls out. They can maybe take a shot on him. I just it's not a good situation for the Bears to be in right now. Speaking of Marcus Mariota, a guy that had a good start to his career. And then the wheels just completely fell off. Injuries a part of that, certainly. Is there hope? Not that he maybe morphs into a top ten quarterback, but at the very least, he becomes a competent starter again. Is that still in Mariota in your mind? I think it's possible. It's not a, the most likely outcome. I think that he just looks like a, a guy who's lost all of his confidence, and a lot of that maybe you know the injuries have taken away some of his physical skills. You know the guy who. I think it was the Jacksonville game last year, which might have been his last game as a starter. He he just looked like a guy who who could not pull the trigger on anything past five yards downfield. And he just was. And then you saw Tannehill uh, come in and play as well as he did. That makes Mariota look even worse, to be honest. I, I mean, if you're if you're comparing yeah. two quarterbacks, yeah. you know, Ryan Tannehill played at a Pro Bowl level, whereas Marcus Mariota was absolutely incompetent. But he he has played what well. that's a, the thing about it is. You know, most guys who are draft busts, they just never show it. It just never happens. They're just kind of just guys from day one. If you go back and look at Marcus Mariota's rookie year, and especially his second year, he had stretches where he looked like a legitimate future star. Uh, I mean, I think at one point he had an eight-game stretch where he had like, or maybe a 10-game stretch where he had like 21 touchdowns, three interceptions his second year. Go back and look. If you look at his game log from his second year, he legitimately played at a very, very high level, and I think that's the hope. If, if you've shown it, well, then he can do it. And, you know, we all know the physical skills. We all know the draft pedigree. We all know what he did in college. So that's the hope. I don't think it's going to happen for him just because it's been a long time since we saw that Marcus Mariota. But the fact that he's done it before in the NFL is going to mean that, that some team uh, gives him a shot, at least as kind of a priority backup who's, you know, a, a behind a shaky starter, the Raiders, the Bears, somebody like that, where he actually could get a shot again. Uh, does Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get together on a contract prior to the, well, at, at some point in the offseason? Will they get that done? I mean, I assume so. It, it, at some point, it, it, he's a blank check guy. Right? Yeah, like he, he he's, he's won an MVP. He brought the first Super Bowl in 50 years. He won Super Bowl MVP. He's the best player in football. He's the the the. The shining light of the NFL right now. He's mm-hmm. the face of the league. I, he can ask for anything. I ask for forty-five million a year. Okay, fine. What, what, what is she going to say? No. <laughs> I mean, I think that this is going to work. The only question I think in my mind is: Does Mahomes take a Brady-esque contract where it leaves the Chiefs some salary cap flexibility? 
flexibility, or does he just say, "Hey, I'm the I'm the guy who just won me this Lombardi Trophy. Pay pay me in full. I want to be the highest paid player ever," which would be fine. I mean, that's totally justified. I, I, that's the only question in my mind. I there is no doubt. This is this is going to get done. Everybody's going to be happy. There's no uh, there, there's nothing holding this back. I mean, this is this is the easiest thing there should be. Marshall Yanda announces his retirement from the NFL, a Pro Bowler eight different times, two-time All-Pro. Many people believe a Hall of Famer. The former Hawkeye hanging it up. Your thoughts on Marshall Yanda, his career, and is it a Hall of Fame career? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you take a look at the list of guys who have made eight Pro Bowls, especially at uh, especially at on the offense line. And I didn't look specifically, but I know it's a very, very tiny amount of any who haven't made the Hall of Fame. I, I believe that you know he might be one of those good cards are tough, and you know we've seen this with Hutchinson, Fanica, and you know and sometimes it just takes a little while. But I have no doubt that you know he's going to be. At very least, a finalist, which gives him a shot to get in. I assume he's going to get in. He he's been a heck of a player for a long time. I mean, to make he, he made the Pro Bowl eight out of his last nine years, and the only time he didn't make it is when he played two games due to injury. Uh, this is a big loss for the Ravens. Now, I mean, we don't think of it. We just you know he's a lineman, whatever. But the way they play with the run heavy kind of throwback offense. Losing an elite guard like this is a big deal. I, I think it's a pretty big blow for the Ravens. But yeah, I think that he's he had such an excellent career. I, I saw somebody, I think Jameson Hensley or somebody said wrote that he's the second best lineman in Ravens history behind Jonathan Ogden, and I agree with that. He's he just had a remarkable, remarkable career. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's using Canton in the first or second ballot. Mm. Get you out of here on this, Frank, and just one uh, you know one more of our local teams. I know Packer fans are going to be peed that we don't get them in there so maybe i should ask you about both of the uh, nfc north teams we've covered the viking or we've covered the bears we've covered the chiefs but packers and vikings i know the vikings got a ton of decisions their team is going to look different next year uh there's some talk that uh, the packers are going to move on from especially at the tight end position uh what about the packers and the vikings what can their fan bases expect and our vikings fans maybe you know going to need to buy a program because their team is going to have a significant amount of changes yeah, that's the thing about the Vikings is they basically went all in on this two-year window, and not a three-year window at Kirk Cousins, but two, because they knew that the salary cap bill would come due this year, and here it is. I think they're, they're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions that are going to eat away at their depths, and that's it's it, for a team that was good, not great. That, that's not the best news. I, they're they're going to have to have a, a kind of a home run draft to to kind of stay at their level. I think. I think we're going to see a step back for the Vikings. It's they again. It's, they they kind of you know decided after you know after the 2017 season that hey let's load up and try to make a run at it and it just fell short. It just didn't happen. So and now you pay the price for that as. As far as Green Bay goes, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me looking at the roster. I, I can't imagine Brian Gutekunst hasn't seen this too. But if they don't use every single resource at wide receiver and, and or tight end this off season, I don't know what they're doing. I, I just I look at that team and I say everything else is kind of in place. Brian Belagas, they, they you know they're have a tough time replacing him if they don't resign him. But if 
Robbie Anderson should be on the table, and even Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. if he gets free agency, draft picks in this deep draft. If they can get guys around Aaron Rodgers to catch the ball other than Devontae Adams, it, it just seems like this team could go to another level. So that's I, I can't wait to see what the Packers have in mind for their offense. They could they could be a really interesting team of free agency. Well, Chargers and Hunter Henry have a decision. That's a pretty good tight out to end out there. I know, Frank, that uh, we'll get you out of here on this. We'll just alert everybody, yahoosports.com. Frank uh, posted earlier this morning his top 20. 20 free agents, uh, skill position-wise, uh, coming up uh, in free agency, which gets underway next week. As always, Frank, thank you. Enjoy Vegas. I know that you will. <laughs> Definitely will. Good to talk to you, Frank. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Yep. Take care. Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Shelby Mass will talk brackets with Trent and I. Panthers, are they in? Are they out? Do they have a chance? Ben Jacobson politicking hard, as one would expect mm-hmm. yesterday. Not going to work. No. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. You didn't like the theory we heard yesterday? Mm. They want to throw the little guy a bone. The I, only look, I one, hope they do. The only one that has a resume for mm-hmm. that in the mid-major market. Mm-hmm. Is the UNI Panthers. And Ben kind of took that same uh, stance yesterday as well. And he's right. I mean, it's a good theory, and I mm-hmm. hope that it comes to fruition. Don't think it will. But we'll see. So Sunday, we'll know. Uh, uh, Shelby Mass next. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. He's our bracketologist, Shelby Mast. He's also Gannett's, well, he's Gannett's bracketologist, first and foremost. Well, probably, yeah. yeah. I think uh, he joins Trent and I, and we're grateful for, uh, that he does so and has done so over the years. Uh, Shelby Mast, bracketwag.com, bracketwag.com. Shelby, Trent, and Ken, good to talk to you as always. Want to start with Northern Iowa, who... We all felt, uh, boy, they they got to win a game, and they'll have no trouble getting by Drake. If they get to Saturday, they're likely in. If they get to the championship game on Sunday, regardless of how it finishes, they're going to get in. They lost on Friday, Shelby. You've got them as your, uh, on the first four out, the third of the four out. Are they, in your mind, is there a path to Northern Iowa making it back into the uh, bracket? Yeah, I think so, and we've seen this happen before where a team loses and there's still a week to go and they sit there and wait and other teams right above them lose and that just opens up a spot. I think UCLA, Cincinnati, NC State, Stanford, a combination of three of those lose early in their conference tournaments. That might back them in. Uh, There's no guarantee, of course, but I, I, I would feel pretty good if those teams right above them on my true seed line were to lose. So just let me go over so for the Panther fans. Watch Cincinnati, UCLA, and NC State. I think those three are the ones for me. Okay. Um, of course, there's other fan bases that want those teams to win to help them out. Right. But uh, I think if those lose, it depends on where Texas Tech is. I don't know where the committee has them, obviously. But it, it feels like the Texas-Texas Tech game is kind of a play-in game. Winner goes for the time being, and the loser goes to the NIT. Uh, so Texas is right below Northern Iowa, so if Tech loses, they may fall out and Texas jump Northern Iowa. There's all kinds of dominoes to fall. So the theory, a theory that we heard yesterday on our program, because there isn't another mid-major, the only other one was East Tennessee State, who wins their conference title in the automatic bid last night. 
because there isn't another mid-major, and if the committee decides, you know what, we, we get crap for this every year, it's a bad look when we're just putting in these middling 18 and 14 teams from power conferences, well, let's do it for one. Let's send you and I to Dayton. Do you buy, do you buy that theory at all that they got to throw at least a bone, as we saw with Belmont a year ago, to the little guy from time to time? I don't think so. I, I mean, they, they're looking for the 36th best at-large candidate. I don't think they're going to say, let's take it, let's leave a team out from this conference and, and put the, the smaller guy in or the mid-major in. If they feel that it's one of the 36 best teams, they'll take them. I, I, that would go against everything they've preached uh, in, in the past if they did that. I'm not opposed to them doing that, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're just going to say, let's do it to do it. So Bradley wins the conference tournament. They get there a year ago. They played Michigan State right here in Des Moines in the first round. Had a good contingent that made their way there. You have them on the 14 line and kind of looking at the other teams, the other automatic bids that will be handed out from some of the smaller conferences. They feel pretty locked into that 14 seed range? I think so. I mean, you're looking at teams above them. Now Yale is a lot because the Ivy League yes, canceled their tournament. Saw that. So, so they're in. So they're not going to move down, shouldn't move down. But Akron, New Mexico State, if those teams lose, then whoever beats them, you know, there's somebody else going to be in from that conference in, and they may end up with a lower metrics ranking than Bradley. So Bradley could speed up. I don't see a situation where Bradley would move down. So I, I think 13 to 14 is the range they're going to be in. Uh, you know, we talked about Texas with you last week, and at the time we spoke with you, Shelby, they were on, I think it was a five-game winning streak. Only had one game left, or they were, they were playing that night against Oklahoma, uh, if memory serves. And then they had Oklahoma State to round out the, uh, the, the regular season. Had they beaten Oklahoma State, were they a lot, or even if it was a closer game, would Texas still be on uh, as part of your bracket? Because you've now got them below you and I after they got pounded uh, by the Cowboys. Yeah, that, that game's inexcusable for them. I, I think had they lost by a buzzer beater, they might be my last team in. But this is one of the lower teams in the conference. And granted, they're not a bad team. Mm-hmm. But this is your home court. You protect right. your home court. You just beat Oklahoma on a buzzer beater, three-pointer to win the game at Oklahoma. You should be feeling pretty good about that. And then you come out and lay an egg. Um, I really do think that that Tech UT game is kind of a play-in game, and the loser will not be going. Mm-hmm. So let's stay in the Big 12, and uh, let's talk about Baylor, who seemingly uh, is going the wrong way at the wrong time. I mean, Michigan State, they're the opposite of Michigan State, right? They're playing as well as anybody. Baylor, I don't know, how, obviously, we don't know how far they're going to go in the uh, in the Big 12 tournament. They get the winner of TCUK State on Thursday night, so you would think that they would advance past the quarterfinals, but we thought you and I would as well. Um, Baylor, are they in jeopardy of falling off the one line there is a chance they do if they lose first round of the big 12 tournament gonzaga wins tonight dayton wins their tournament and then either villanova or florida state win their tournament there's a chance that baylor could fall i think it's a long shot but that that uh, door has opened a little bit for that to happen interesting let's go here to the iowa hawkeyes how much would a loss hurt them if they lose to Minnesota or Northwestern, obviously Northwestern loss would hurt more. And how much further up the bracket could the Hawkeyes go if they do make a run here in the Big Ten tournament? If they lose to Northwestern, that could be a two-line drop. Mm. If they lose to Minnesota, that could be a one-line drop. Uh, They're last on my sixth line anyway. So 
it, you know, being a line drop might just be one spot on the true seed line, mm-hmm. but you know, it would turn out to be a full line. Uh, if they do, let's say they get to the finals, I don't really think there's any hope of them winning the whole thing. If they were to do that, I could see them probably getting to the four line. Uh, I think the top five to six lines are kind of set right now. There may be a little bit of movement, but there's not going to be too much that can make a team drop that much. And so I think five is the ceiling and eight is the floor, and that's way worst case scenario. Uh, you know, we, we talked briefly about Michigan State. You've now advanced them onto your three line. They're playing exceptionally well, as you know, Shelby. Three-way tie at the top of the conference for league honors with Maryland and Wisconsin. Yet it feels like Michigan State of those three has the chance to go the furthest. Maybe it's just because we're used to them um, you know, playing their best basketball at this time of year. But if they prevail, if they cut down the nets in Indianapolis, is a two out of the question for them? I don't think so. I mean, again, this is a situation where other things have to happen, and I'm hearing that one of Creighton's main players may miss. He is. Yes, that's true. So that that could open up a spot. I mean, I don't think if they lose first round, they probably drop a seed line. But if they at least get to the finals and lose to Villanova, I don't think they would come off that two line. If Michigan State just runs the table, though, and is dominant, then maybe so. Interesting. We're talking with Shelby Mast. He's the bracketologist at USA Today. Joining us here on Miller and Condon. Want to dive a little bit deeper, those Dayton games. And uh, when you get to those games, then you get into the bracket. We've seen so much momentum here. I don't know if there's been a study done. I'm sure there's something out there. But it feels like we see teams get that victory, move on, and then pull that upset in the round of 64. Of course, VCU being the prime example, going all the way to the Final Four from playing in that game. Is there anything that you've ever seen that that catapults teams and can help them out in that first-round game, if you will, the round of 64? I think what helps them is they they have a game under their belt by the time Thursday rolls around. So those first-game jitters are gone, and they can play looser. That's my theory. Um, You know, getting that first one out of the way is a big deal. You see a lot of teams. They get out there and play their first game, and there's nerves. The kids are hyped up, too much adrenaline. And, you know, they need to settle down, and it's tough to do. It's understandable. But if you play that, that playing game, then you've already gotten that out of the way. And so if you can get out to an early lead, you might be able to hold them off. Yeah, that's why I like Iowa and Friday against Illinois, should they prevail, mm. because they'll they'll have had one. I think that's a good gambling theory, especially in first-half number. We'll save that uh, for another day. Uh, the Big Ten, Shelby, it's, it's such a um, – it was so deep. It was so much fun. It was, you know, teams just beating up on each other all season long. Do you feel that Michigan State, like seemingly the eye test tells us, that they are playing their best basketball? Maryland's had some – you know, some disappointing nights in the month of February. Guards got Wisconsin playing it. And I don't know how. I really don't. When you look at that Roth, they got nice guy, nice players, but I don't think there's a first or second all Big Ten player on that Badgers lineup. But is is Michigan State the team that's uh that's peaking right now in the Big Ten? Yeah, I think so. They I mean, Izzo does this every year. I mean, he'll have a little bit of a lull sometimes, uh maybe not as bad as nine losses. But they'll rack up a few, and then come March, it's time to turn it on, guys. You know, quit messing around, and it's time to go win games. When will you have your final bracket up? Will you wait till the end of the Big Ten tournament on Sunday before the committee actually tells us what's who's in? If I think that that game won't change anything, I'll probably have it up during that game. Gotcha. But otherwise, I will have two contingent brackets. You know, one if Team A wins, one if Team B. 
Uh, the committee does that as well. They have contingency brackets, and whichever you know team wins, that's the one they send to CBS. We will uh, talk to you next Tuesday, and we'll grade your work. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Have a time. Yeah, indeed it is for you, Shelby. Shelby, thank you as always. Bracketwag.com, Shelby Mass. Thanks, Shelby. You bet, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Shelby Mass. Bracketwag.com. Zagorowski, the guard for Creighton, as we're talking about. Uh, that's a blow. 34 minutes a game, second leading scorer on the team. And the Ivy League has canceled their tournament because of coronavirus. Will the are NCAA they, tournament have fans next week? Are they going to be the only conference that does the same? They start tonight. Baseball analytics, Mark Simon next. Zubin Mahente to come as well. 1460, 106.3 FM.